when something like this triggers female instincts and male instincts, we act differently. Like we are different people here. We work differently. We think differently. And in times of stress, the brain reacts differently. Welcome to the Believe, Be Real, Be Bold podcast for authentic dating. My name is Dave Glazer, online personal trainer and obsessed with the Enneagram personality assessment. After going through a couple of breakups in 2017, I came across some really inauthentic people when dating in Denver. And instead of getting frustrated, I decided to create a community of authentic people myself. Come along with me on this path to authenticity as we welcome expert guests and real-life daters to share their tools, tips, and knowledge to help you show up as your most authentic self. So fortunate to have our expert guests come join us live on Facebook. So thanks, Renee, for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here again. Yes, yes. We've talked twice. And um, each and every time that I have a new question that comes up in my life, I'm like, who do I want to go? Oh, let's go talk to Renee about it. Well, that's good. That, that means that I'm able to direct you and probably lots of other people out there because we all tend to have the same sort of questions around about. And it's just like, who's got the confidence to be able to be like, um, excuse me, I'm just asking for the general masses out there. What do I do in this situation? <laughs> right. And the more that I get to know you, the more that I follow you on YouTube and Instagram, the deeper you're going personally and professionally. Yeah. It's, you know what, um, let's just get really um, raw at the moment. I, right before I jumped on this podcast, I haven't had internet the whole day. And so I quickly like just checked in on my YouTube channel. You know, I like to engage with my audience and actually be real with them and actually connect with them and give them a direct answer if I can. Um, and just some of the comments I get are obviously really lovely. And thank you, Renee, really encouraging. And you've really helped me. Like you've changed my life. And then other like comments I get are just completely abusive. I just recently, I had to block someone because they said my content was so disgusting because how dare I tell women to help make men feel more masculine. Um, how dare I tell women to go and affirm men and their struggles to make them feel valued. Like, and you just... You uh -huh. just hear and go, okay, here I am putting my heart on the line to serve people, especially during a time where right now there is a lot of, a lot of people that just have lost their direction in their relationship, their self-identity, dating, you name it. And it's not just me, other coaches that I've been speaking to and been doing interviews with, they've been saying like, there's been a lot of pressure on a lot of us to step up and lead. And I, I love leading and I love being able to change lives. But then every now and then you get your, your little haters who come along and completely try to defame you. And you think, how do you even get that concept from what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, like, are you that warped in your thinking? But there you go. You can't please anyone and everyone out there. And I'm just like, well, I'm just going to focus on the people that get value from what I'm saying. That's exactly correct. And more often than not, we are serving you know, with our genuine heart and our authentic heart, it's going to land with someone. And, you know, I have a lot of questions about like, okay, it's been two years now. And I've never, ever, ever once said that I'm the authority on relationships, but I do know some people who are. Mm. And that's my gift that I give to the world is like a connecting an audience with professionals like yourself who are brave enough to step up and lead on YouTube. And I think that in the year or so that we've known each other, that's when you started your YouTube channel and now you're like creeping up on a hundred thousand followers. 
Yeah, it's really exploded in the last year um, with a lot of other things as well. I've, I've personally coached over 100 people. Um, that isn't like doing a one-on-one session. Um, I've got, uh, I've had uh, about 300 uh, people, like clients come and do my programs and my coaching. Um, and I've been able to, I've had videos go on YouTube where I've got 1.5 million views. Um, globally with all my social channels and everything, I average about a million views per month with everything that I'm doing. So it's, it's definitely exploded. And I think for me, it's a real indication that people are hungry to learn about love instead of just go out and look for love because mm. that's what dating apps have obviously given us. They've given us access to dates, to people, to relationships, but then people are finding, well, why isn't it equaling happiness here? Why isn't it equaling peace and progress? And I think, you know, a couple of years ago, dating and relationship coaches, I mean, you have some of the, the oldies out there, um, Evan Mark Katz, who I know, and who's a lovely guy, and I highly respect him. I don't mean he's old. I mean, like, he's been around for a while. A pioneer. Um, yeah. He's a pioneer. That's a better way. <laughs> he listens to this. Sorry, Evan. He's a pioneer out there, and he's been doing this for, like, um, over 10 years. But even then, at the time that he was doing it, it was still a little bit of a taboo subject to go and get help from a professional because help was seen as, oh, I'm, I'm struggling here with love. It's like, oh, don't tell people I'm going on a dating app or don't tell people I'm going on a dating website because that means that I'm like desperate. When nowadays, it's just an open page here and it's mm-hmm. an open book. And I think people are realizing it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get direction. And if I want to get movement here and progress here, maybe I need someone to keep me accountable along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I was a couple of years ago is instead of getting frustrated with uh, modern dating, because I hadn't been single in about eight years, um, instead of getting frustrated with modern dating, I decided to go out and figure out uh, what my responsibility was here to educate myself. And mm. I just wrote about this the other day that even after two years, I'm just now putting together some missing pieces that were so critical for me to understand about myself. And you touched on one which is teaching men an appropriate way to be masculine in the modern era. So just really briefly, tell me what you know about that topic because it's so important. It was for me to learn and it's so much more important for other people to learn too. And you know what? I think it's actually a really sensitive topic. The whole feminism, masculine energy, feminine energy is something that I think has been really disproportioned with things like um, the feminism movement that has become negative for feminism or feminine energy or the whole um, men go their own way philosophy, uh, which is a reaction to a lot of stuff that's been happening. So I feel like it's all kind of being thrown out and also because of role reversal and women feeling that they're more empowered, um, which is then turned into entitlement and men just kind of going, but hang on a second, where's my value in amongst all this? Where's my role in amongst all this? Why should I feel less of a man or why should I be squashed down to uplift a woman, you know? So I think that um, for me, the way that I define it, true um, feminism and true masculine is, you know, a man honouring himself and honouring a woman. <laughs>
at the same time. And the same for a woman, a woman honoring herself and a woman honoring a man. I think that is what is healthy and balanced because it's not just about, you know, the battle of the sexes then. It's about going, okay, I'm going to be feminine in my way that feels natural. And it's different for every woman out there. Um, some women are, you know, more into girly things and romance. Other women, that's not how they feel feminine. Maybe their way to feel feminine is... Um, taking the lead in the bedroom, for example, or really um, being vulnerable uh, at the right time. For men, men feel masculine in different ways. Some men feel masculine when they are um, got lots of testosterone pumping, they're at the gym and there's that sense of, you know, a little bit of competition, okay, which is, which is normal. And if you study the female brain and the male brain, we're both designed to to react and do differently. For example, you put women out there um, in a team sport and they will all go, oh, what would you like to do? And what would you like to do? And they're, they're all work together in a team, put a bunch of men together and they're like, right, one will probably become the alpha. The others will kind of like compete against each other. And it's all, you know, that's just the way that it is. So I think for masculine energy, when it comes to dating, I think, naturally it's normal for a man to want to step into some sort of lead when he's trying to go on a date with a woman and wanting to lead the woman and lead the date. Um, it gives him a sense of that heroship that he has in him. The biggest thing that a man needs is to, to feel needed. That is a part of what makes him feel like he's able to step into his true masculinity. I think that masculinity isn't anything to do with aggressiveness. I don't think it's anything to do with ego. I don't think that's true masculinity is not ego. Just like I think true femininity is not ego either. It's not entitlement. It is empowerment. It is nurturing. It is valuing. And so I think that the reason why people have struggled is because we have had a shift in energy. We have had a shift in the corporate world in um, just women having a larger voice now and unfortunately it's had some negative effect with people thinking that well because women have maybe been given other opportunities that they weren't given before you know some men have felt threatened which shouldn't be the case where on the other hand you know some women feel threatened because men may have stepped into a role that was designed for a man and again it's just become this battle of the sexes between them and it's not really solving the issue at hand Sorry, that was mm -hmm. a very good way. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you saying that because uh, your language and your um, expertise helps me um, develop into a better version of myself. And there are a few things in there. Masculinity does not mean aggression, but it can include assertiveness. Absolutely. And there's a big difference between those two emotions and behaviors for us to be a healthy version of ourselves. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think even femininity, there's a sense of assertiveness in there, as in she's not afraid to be her feminine self. Where for women, it doesn't go aggressive, it usually goes into passive, right? And so I think assertiveness in both sexes is the ideal because it says that you are standing in your true self. You're standing in a way of, no, this is who I am and I'm proud of it. And I know hopefully that it's healthy. And again, I'm not here to threaten you or be threatened by you. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a big point of connection with all of our guests, all of our community is this fear that if I stand firm in my truth, I won't be loved and I won't be accepted by my partner. And that is like, that's really what we're getting down to right now is when I 
get into self-abandonment routines and bad habits, that's when my partner no longer respects and trusts me and the attraction just goes away. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's probably heightened by the fact that, for example, people literally swipe you away on a dating app. (laughs) Or baseball cards. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Or people are, are judging you based off how many followers you have or how you look on Instagram. We are a society that has become trained to just hit that surface initial reaction. Even our concentration in our brain, we used to have a concentration span of eight minutes. It's now eight seconds. Ouch. Right? So how well do you know someone after eight seconds, let alone eight minutes, eight minutes? Yes, probably a bit more than eight seconds, but we are instantly reacting to what we're seeing because that's what we're trained to do now because we are a disposable society. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately it isn't allowing us to see beyond that and to get to know someone and then stand in what we believe to be our true self and communicate that to that person because we literally don't have time. Well, that's what we think anyway. And so we think, oh, if that guy didn't accept me on the dating app or if that girl has instantly rejected me, then there must be something wrong with me. And we don't see rejection necessarily as a redirection or feedback. We see it as that's my identity. I am rejected. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. So therefore, I'm going to walk on eggshells or I'm going to try and fit their idea of who I think they want me to be to please them so that I don't get rejected. Mm -hmm. I hear that for sure. And the last time we talked, in France? Still in France. <laughs> okay. You're working on this remodel project and we were talking about your life at that point and you're normally in Greece, but you're from Australia and now you live in France. I just love your, I love this nomad life that you've created for yourself and that's your truth and I respect it a lot. And when we were talking earlier this year, you talked a little bit about an entitlement mm. and I walked away from that conversation with a gift that you gave me in that conversation. And I started to like dive into um, why entitlement in other people is a reflection to me and why it rubs me wrong. And that's my clue to dive even deeper into myself, right? Mm -hmm. So I looked into entitlement, how it shows up in my life. And I came across this conclusion that nothing worth it was ever easy. Mm. And I had this just false sense of entitlement that when I find a person that I want to be with, it's going to be easy. Mm, mm. but you've got to work from day one through day 9,402. And when we eliminate this entitlement, you're probably referring to it in a different way, but that's what I took away from the conversation. And I've grown so much more um, by understanding what expectations were there for me. Yeah. And it definitely is a management of expectations. Um, you know, nothing that comes that's worth it doesn't come easy. That's true. But at the same time, you shouldn't have to make love a continuous battle because there is a smart way to work at love. It doesn't have to be hard. At the same time, just because I've put in more work than someone else doesn't mean that I'm entitled to them treating me a certain way. So it kind of goes both ways. It's like we have to understand that entitlement comes from a place of uh, ego. It comes from a place of self. You owe me this because I am this or I have done this. Um, Whereas, you know, empowerment, empowerment in a relationship comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of teamwork. It comes from a place of wanting to edify the other person without taking away from yourself or without trying to prove something to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think when it comes to relationships, 
Um, what I find is, you know, men and women are going out there and they're trying to date and they think, well, okay, classic example. I have a lot of female clients who say to me, well, Renee, I've already liked his photo on a dating app. So why hasn't he asked me out on a date? I was like, well, he doesn't owe you that just because you've liked his photo or just because he's accepted your request. This is about chatting first. This is about mm -hmm. having a conversation, building some mutual interest, um, seeing if you kind of fit or not on the right page and then you take it step by step. Or why is he on a dating app if he's not wanting a relationship? Well, he's allowed to be on it for his own reasons. No man owes you a marriage just because you've searched for a marriage right? A marriage mm -hmm. and a great marriage is something that is built. It is a mutual decision. It's not because I'm a female and I want to get married. Therefore he should do A, B and C. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. If you are a beautiful whole woman who is wanting to add value to a man's life and have him add value back to yours, well, now that becomes something that involves both of you. It's not just because you want this, he should therefore give it to you. And unfortunately, you know, this is where women end up putting a lot of pressure on men to give them a certain level of commitment or this and that. Or on the flip side, men are like, well, I've romanced you. I've done this and that. I'm entitled to sex, right? And then women like feel that you have to either have to give that to him to keep him or they then, you know, realize, oh, he's just a player and all he wanted sex. So we all have our own different things of what we think we're entitled to in different stages based off our own desires, based off our expectations, and also based off the other person's behavior. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day, like, you know, entitlement and expectations are, are two different things as well. So I think like, as long as you're aware of what you're accountable to, to be able to do your step to attract the right relationship back, I think, you know, you then come from a place of um, empowerment again, instead of entitlement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that perspective. And I appreciate you following up with me on that off after our last conversation. Cause you know, I, I dug deep and I, I went down that, um, that expansion for me. And I want to touch on one specific phase of the relationship, one stage. And I brought you on today to talk about initiating, versus chasing. And I just love following you on Instagram because you summed it up very well today. But that was a lot of language that you were using in a recent Instagram post. And there's a lot of value there just in a quick little blurb that you're putting out. So again, appreciate all the work that you've done. But you. there was another post that talks specifically about initiating versus chasing. So let's go there. Yeah. So this is something that, you know, a lot of women come to me and they're like, well, should I send the first text? Should I do that phone call? Because doesn't it make me look desperate or how do I know? Um, and funny enough, I did an interview with um, the big day, um, male dating coach, um, uh, Trip, who, um, Trip Kramer, who has Trip mm -hmm. Advice. Mm -hmm. And he actually said to me, he's like, Renee, what's your piece of advice for women on, and for men for what women want on dating apps? And I'm like, women want to hear from you guys. Like, we want you to text us back. We want you to call us. And he's like, sometimes I tell my guys to actually wait a little bit and don't give too much because see if she's interested enough. So it, it's almost like, well, I'm telling them one thing and uh -huh. then them another thing. I'm like, okay, well, how do we make this work so that both people aren't scared to be vulnerable? And so I think for some um 
it's different for everyone, obviously. Some men um, aren't going to initiate because let's be honest, they're not really interested. Okay, so they're not going to text or communicate as much. Where on the other hand, some men are scared to initiate because they don't have the confidence. Maybe they've been rejected. Maybe they've been ghosted. Statistically speaking, men get ghosted more than women, right? So maybe the guy that, you know, you're waiting for him to text you or call you has actually already been ghosted three times by the last woman that he was trying to talk to because he was being forward and he was actually trying to initiate the next date and everything. And these women weren't really in the right headspace. Okay. We don't know who we're dating and we don't know what their experiences are. So if we want something to happen and if we want an answer, sometimes it's just purely about doing that first step and going, I'm going to send him a text or I'm actually going to suggest a call and I'm not going to be afraid and have the fear of his rejection or reaction because I know that what I'm doing is healthy and normal. And we lose sight of that. We forget that, hey guys, it's normal if you like someone to actually want to start a conversation with them or to get to know them, to work out if you do like them. Doesn't mean that they're going to be your future husband or your future wife, but it has to start somewhere. Now, the difference between initiating and chasing is initiating comes from a place of um, confidence. It comes from a place of um, a healthy standard and Uh, basically just taking that first step. You've hit the ball into the tennis court, right? Chasing is hitting 50 more balls after we're getting absolutely no response and no reaction at all. And then demanding that because I've hit 50 balls, you owe me a call, you owe me Mm -hmm. this, and you're doing this. And then of course, coming from a place of fear and lack. And that is the difference. If you're Mm -hmm. coming from a mindset of fear and lack or you're over-investing and not getting anything back, that's chasing. Got it. I love it. Uh, one of my favorite memes is um, every girl has a guy in her inbox talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. It's <laughs> I was like, okay, guys, like get the hint, you know, mm-hmm. which is okay. And I want to say if there's any men out there listening, which I'm sure there are a lot, like, you know, if a girl doesn't get back to you, it's okay. And same for girls. If a guy doesn't get back to you, it's okay. We live in a world where there are billions of singles and where there is someone out there who is, I believe, created for you. It's just a matter of choosing where you put your energy. Are you going to constantly keep hitting into an empty court and never get anything back and get frustrated by it? Or are you going to choose a different direction? Like I said, see rejection as redirection. Mm-hmm. I've always taken that to heart when you mentioned that the first time that we talked and we talked a lot about self-love and self-care as well. And your daily routine is centered around this coffee shop or the espresso that you do walk the dog. And I saw that you were able to do that for the first time in a long time the other day. <laughs> it was like such a small win. I was like, finally, after three months after being in confinement, and like my favorite coffee store is closed. And look, I'll be honest, the coffee in France isn't amazing. And there was this Australian-based cafe. And I was like, yes, finally. Uh-huh. Um, but that all got closed and it still isn't open. And just we went to the shopping center and there was one cafe open. I was like, I am getting a takeaway coffee. I don't care if I've already had three this morning. I'm getting a takeaway one because I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it is a lot about the small wins. And that, that becomes a part of the initiate versus the chase 
oh, I didn't get a small win. I'm just going to keep trying. That's a chase, chase kind of a mentality. Or, wow, I'm actually really surprised I got a small win, a response back from um, somebody I was interested in. That's really mm. great. Mm. So based on your Instagram stories the other day, I was like, oh, she's been interviewed by Trip. Uh, so I kind of started to investigate what he has to say. And his podcast is incredibly popular around the world, directed at men who want to learn how to talk to women. And I listened to a few episodes and I'm like, okay, there's some, there's some truth here. And I really do appreciate his uh, redirection from the pickup artist to now more like personal growth and development. Yeah. And I can respect somebody who grows throughout their career. That's phenomenal. It's true. When I first knew about Trip a couple of years ago, I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to work with him or do anything with him because of, you know, there was that pickup artist mentality. But he's he's a really genuine guy, and he actually really cares. He actually really cares not only about his clients and helping men achieve that confidence and have that personal development, but he actually cares about supporting other dating and relationship coaches out there from a business point of view saying, look, if you have any questions, I've been doing this for a while. Let me help you. He's got a beautiful girlfriend now. Um, and he's a really down to earth guy. And I think it's, I think like the whole pickup artist thing out there has really, has really started to, to change now where they realize it's just people want more than that. Mm-hmm. Also because of dating apps, they know that they can just get someone on dating apps. And now that they have that accessibility, they realize, hang on a second, it's not equaling happiness here. Mm-hmm. You know, you will always get guys out there who just want to pick up and you will always get women out there who are happy to be that woman who will sleep for money and, you know, all that sort of mentality. But I think the majority of the population wants more now and they want to know how do I become the best version of myself for myself first, and then hopefully find someone else in the process. I think Matthew Hussey back in the day was a pickup artist as well. We're definitely on the same page here. And, and based on listening to Trip a little bit, and I have looked into Matthew Hussey as well, and his transition uh, over his course of his career has been phenomenal too. Coming from what's called the, the attraction method, that's what he was teaching in the beginning until now where it is about do not self-abandon yourself and you will find the relationship that you, that you yeah. wish for. Yeah. And what I've, why I bring this up is in my experience as a single person for just about three years now, you know, three years ago, May went through the first breakup and then one more after that. But I figure it's about three years now of learning it and growing for myself in preparation for the relationship that I want. Mm-hmm. And what I kind of, understood is that I skipped over what Matthew used to talk about and what Tripp used to talk about. I skipped over this biological connectivity in the attraction phase of a relationship. And I'm like, okay, well, this is why I brought up entitlement earlier is like, okay, well, I'm a better version of myself than I've ever been. So I'm almost entitled to the relationship that I dream of. Hmm. And and that was a that was a hard thing for me to face. Mm. Is that that's the wrong way to look at it? Yes and no. Like, okay, let's let's dig a little bit there. Yeah, let's um, dig. Because I think that entitlement doesn't always have to be necessarily a bad thing. You're entitled to feel respected if you are someone who treats people with respect. Because what we give out, we get back you're entitled entitled to feel worthy and loved purely because you are a human that has been created to be loved and 
because you are worthy, because you are enough, right? So there are certain things that we are entitled to, but it comes from a place where it actually adds to wholeness. It doesn't, again, come from a place where we're coming from fear because we want, we're so scared of who we are that, oh, quick, let's like have all these fake things that we need in order to be able to feel better about ourselves. And I think that if you have done the work on yourself to become the best version of you and the best partner for who you're going to have further down the track, even if you haven't met them, then yeah, you are entitled to have an incredible relationship. doesn't mean that you're entitled to specific things from that person because then it becomes personal and it becomes about ego. But in general, you are entitled to love. Absolutely. I think that every single person is entitled to love. However, whether that becomes a reality or not is entirely up to you and what you do to make that love a reality. You know, if you're just like, well, I'm entitled to love and you sit back and treat people like crap, well, then it's not really the right way to look at it. If you're like, I'm entitled to love because I am someone that was created to love and be loved. And in the meantime, I'm going to example the behavior that I want to receive and become the best version of myself. Then automatically that love should actually come into your life. Like it's about in inviting love in because you realize you are worthy of it. And I guess I don't really use the word entitlement. I use the word worthy, you know, and again, you're worthy of this love and you're worthy of this awesome relationship because you've been accountable to your role and also because you are a human and you were created to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. I like that redirection, definitely, because I was just missing a few pieces from my wholeness. Mm-hmm. And had I sat back and just understood, okay, well, I've learned about myself through Myers-Briggs and Enneagram and I've hired coaches or I have a men's group or I go to church regularly or I listen to my Audible or I listen to podcasts. It takes collectively to become that whole. Mm. Not everybody has to have every single one of the things I just listed off. They don't have to journal daily. They don't have to like see a counselor weekly. They don't have to do that, but it can't hurt. (laughs) I know. Absolutely. And it's what I find though is with personal development, it's a little bit of a Pandora's box. Um, and it goes one way or the other, to be honest. I find that people either feel that they have to be perfect before they're allowed to to have this love that they desire instead of understanding that it's a process and it will always be a process. We never fully arrive. And it's about allowing and giving yourself that permission to love and be loved whilst you are a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And the other way it goes is people step into this. Well, now that I've done all this development on myself and I've realized I want this, 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 and this, and this personal fit me and this person, this fits me. We basically forget to be flexible and we either think that we've got this picture all sorted out of who's perfect for us because we know ourselves so well when that's not always the way. And then we become too harsh in our partners. We try to change them and fix them who we think they should be because we know ourselves so well. So you should be like this to match us, right? Or we look for the carbon copies of ourselves Mm -hmm. out there because we've become so familiar with ourselves and our brain gravitates to what we're familiar with. So you have to find that balance in between of going, okay, I've been single for three years and I put an amazing quote on my private Facebook the other day where it was like, okay, it's time to plant new seeds now. Like it's time to, you've done the healing, you've done the work. There's always going to be more work to be done. There's always going to be more healing to be done. Now it's time to step out. 
It's Mm -hmm. time to plan a new seed again. It's time to actually get out there and trust that the process that is already happened up until this point is enough to be Mm -hmm. able to welcome that love into your life. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that so much because sometimes like that Pandora's box that opens up for us and we become to, uh, we become woke (laughs) and, uh, And we have so much self-awareness that we're like, we're growing at such an exponential rate because we, we weren't doing much work beforehand. And when we get to this point of overwhelm, okay, I've learned too much. I need to take a break. For me, I always thought it was like a break from dating. It was actually a break from learning for a little while. And what I mean is um, I was attending two different men's groups each week. Well, they were every other week. And sometimes when they would fall on the same week in every other month, just on their schedule, I was facing just absolute burnout mm. on personal growth. Mm. And it was preventing me from having my eyes and my heart open to what was coming to me outside of those groups mm. of like actually in the realm of love. Yeah. So a very timely decision for me was to like, I haven't been on an in-person date since December. So I'm taking a break intentionally. I also quit one of the men's groups in December too, which was a great decision for me emotionally and mentally. And to your point, I'm getting there, I promise, is that now that we've gone, shoot, it's almost six months, five months into 2020, I didn't plan the pandemic to hit in the middle of March, but it just so happens that it was a really good time for me to basically take a break from all the things that kept me on the rat race and the hamster wheel. And for me to learn what those last few missing pieces were without overeducating and without diving too deep into that Pandora's box so that I could be open to receiving that love when the time was right for me. Yeah. And it's taken two months of a global pandemic for me to say, okay, how do I set my boundaries around the global pandemic of coronavirus? How do I communicate that to a potential person I'm interested in? How do I feel safe in this time? Yeah. And then how do I, how do I take that into me today? Now, I just put this out on the blog and the podcast this morning. I'm ready. Mm. I'm ready to add a partner in now that I've solidified what my life is going to look like, sheltering yeah. in place, working from home, creating brand new workout programs that I didn't think I was capable of doing but I had to prove it to myself that I was. Yeah, you have to adapt as well. And the thing is, you can have it all formulated and planned out and then someone will come come into your life and you'll be like, okay, well, those all went out the window, you know what I mean? And then you fall in love and you adapt to that. Been there before too. (laughs) I love those crazy things. Um, And that's okay because sometimes a part of your personal growth is being in a relationship. Oh, so much so, yeah. Like that's the practical part. You've got the theory part down pat. Now it's about doing the practical part. That's where the real learning happens. And I did an uh, um, interview for um, Dimage magazine, which is actually a um, magazine online for, for men. And they were asking me, okay, Renee, you know, like how should we handle dating during a pandemic? Are people going to be scared? Like are your clients worried about getting out there and catching the virus? And I'm like, to be honest, no, people want human contact. People mm-hmm. are craving to to get to know someone and to kind of go back to normal and go out to dinner and, and have this sort of thing. And I said, you know, 
they might have a few boundaries when they first start going on the first dates, might no kissing, but then as soon as the chemistry kicks in, everything just goes out the window, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is okay because we can't live our life in fear. Um, but what I wanted to say on personal growth is apparently we do most of our growing when we sleep, which really? is okay. In that growth requires rest mm-hmm. as much as it does being active. Um, it's like when you're, you know, as a personal trainer, when you're doing, going to the gym and you're ripping muscles and tearing and building that needs time to recover. That's also a part of growth, resting, absorbing, pondering, thinking that is all a part of personal growth. Just being is a mm-hmm. part of personal growth to allow what you have learned to, to sit in your brain and then come out through your conscious and your unconscious. It's like the majority of our activity in our brain happens when we're asleep, you know, um, because it's doing all its crazy things. And that's when our unconscious is 96% active, you know? So it's, it's interesting that, and I see it like um, I go through phases myself where I, I read neuroscience books for fun and I'm, I love, like I geek out totally on all of that and, and just the brain and personal growth and this and that. And sometimes it gets to a point where you do get burnt out, where you get burnt out like mentally and emotionally because you've learned so much, but you haven't given yourself the time to be able to process and even live it to a point where you're starting to see the after effects of it, which in some points, like if you're learning about relationships, you're only really going to know how effective that theory is and when it's actually put into practice um, and how you're your new conscious mind is going to react or even your, your unconscious mind is going to react in that position. So I think it's awesome that you said that you're ready now to be in a relationship. It's like you love is always there. You don't have to go out and chase it. It's just a matter of Mm -hmm. knowing how to invite it in. So it is sustainable. And so that has an opportunity to plant and flourish into a healthy relationship that you desire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very well said. Um, I I've been reflecting on a couple of, um, moments in 2020 that happened for me where um, I was inviting love in, uh, you know, I was, I was active on a dating site or two and had uh, plans to meet up with this girl on a Saturday or something like that. And a day or two before she says, Hey, I, you know, before the ski season ends, I really want to go snowboarding on Saturday. Can we reschedule? And I'm like, okay, thanks for letting me know. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. I hadn't decided at that moment if I was going to reschedule or not. I was actually going to let her initiate the reschedule afterwards mm-hmm. um, because that shows me, okay, well, she wants to reschedule. That's fine. I won't chase that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a week and a half goes by or something like that. And she follows up by a text and says, hey, would you want to get together? And I looked at myself at that moment, it was probably two weeks before shelter in place, maybe a week and a half. I had some question marks about my financial health. If the gym did X, Y, and Z, I didn't know. I felt in my intuition that that was not the right time for me to say yes to a date. Mm -hmm. And I thanked her and I said, you know what, at this time, thank you, but no. Mm -hmm. Not that she missed her opportunity because that's inflexible. Not because she was rude when she canceled, not nothing like that. It was two weeks ago, I was ready. (laughs) Two weeks later, when I started catching wind of what was going to happen globally, I wasn't ready. And that's okay. Like we have literally been dumped in a position that the world's never been in before. Um, 
and so it's normal that you reacted the re- the way that you did. Um, like, to be honest, the last couple of months, my business has never been busier because people are just like, what the heck do I do? All of a sudden I was in this relationship that was going really well. And now like we, we might not even see each other for the next six months because borders are closed, uh-huh. you know? Um, it's just, we have been put into a place of uncertainty and for a lot of women, what they've done is they've actually like, quick, I need to find my lifeline, which is a man I need to communicate. I need to secure. I need to make sure that I'm not going to die alone or this and that. And I need to have that, that connection, that verbal connection at least where for men, it's like, whoa, I need to pull back into myself. I need to secure what's going on around me. I need to make sure that I've got this, this and this and everything's not all falling apart. And so they've pulled back. Women have moved forward and they're just like, where is he? Why is it happening? And it's just like, men and women handle uncertainty differently, especially a global crisis differently. So it's, it's normal that you did that. And on the other hand, you know, maybe that girl was like, she might be reaching out to all these other guys wanting this affirmation and this, the security because of what's happening where for men, it's like, I need to build the security here first and make sure that my fort mm-hmm. is okay. And where did you come across this? Because you're narrating my life right now. <laughs> well, this is pretty much every client that's come across to me, like in the last several months, look, it's just, women are like, why is he pulled back? And the men are like, why doesn't she understand that I need to make sure that this mm-hmm. is now and it's just i guess because i know how females work and i know how men work when something like this triggers female instincts and male instincts we act differently like we are different people here we work differently we think differently and in times of stress the brain reacts differently Mm -hmm. Mm. i am so glad you shed some light on that and and like i have the side by side so hopefully the recording comes to me laughing while you're talking because like i'm just dying over here i'm so glad you said that because you're absolutely right i needed to for myself understand what my financial future was going to be like without the revenue stream at the gym yeah i have i have multiple streams of income and this is this is the reason why i do that is mm. because because when one stream is not producing, it's not flowing, then I can turn to another. And that's what I chose to do in order to respond to the global pandemic so that my security and my future can be taken care of. Yeah. And until I was able to do that, I wasn't ready to say yes to an in-person date. I wasn't ready to say yes to love because I hadn't accomplished that financial pillar of health, which is what we coach over here is financial pillar is one of five that Mm. we, that we focus on in our, in our lives. Mm. Absolutely. And it's important because finance for a long time was the number one reason why relationships broke down. Um, It has caused a lot of stress on relationships and it is something that needs to be addressed. And I think it's normal for men to, you have that response where crap, I need to kind of just secure my present and in hopes of my future as well, before mm-hmm. I give energy to the emotional side or the heart mm-hmm. side of, of, you know, who needs me. Now, I think if you're obviously in a committed relationship or if you're married, then you can't just abandon, sure. you know, honoring your wife or your partner during a time just mm-hmm. to secure going on. I think that's where teamwork has to come in. Women have to understand, okay, he's going to go into survival mode here. For the woman, she needs to understand how to process her emotions in such a way that 
she's not constantly reacting to what he's doing or what's happening in the world. Emotional regulation in general is pretty like one of the main things that we need in relationships and we need to learn. Um, but unfortunately, like for a lot of people out there, they were just starting to date or going on dating apps. And then this happened and a lot of guys have pulled back. Um, or in some cases I've had men because other jobs in their company have been cut. They've had more stress and they've had to actually perform more and their bosses wanted more of them. So they haven't literally had the time or the emotional or mental capacity to give anything to a new relationship. Cause when you start a relationship, it usually does take more energy, you know, courting, wooing, going to dates, organizing this and that, um, texting, uh, cause you don't have the familiarity to, to fall back on just yet because you're just starting something something new. So a lot of guys have, you know, they've started and then all of a sudden the guy's gone, not survival mode and the girl's gone, what the heck? What did I do? Where is he? I'm going to text him 50 times because I don't understand why he doesn't want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate you saying that also because it resonates with me wholeheartedly. I wasn't in a committed relationship. I actually hadn't been on a date in a really long time. And I'm grateful for that. I really am. Because I I know myself how I would react if I lose 90% of my income. But here's what I've learned since. And I also appreciate you directing me towards this in another level of self-awareness is that I actually had this phone conversation last night. I don't know if it's a date situation or not, but it's a new professional contact who just happens to be really beautiful too. You know, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Win-win. So (laughs) I come to the table understanding where I've been for the last two months and the last six months and the last year. And I carry zero shame around losing my job, which was Mm -hmm. out of my control. And I can relate this story that's very personal and very important to me of saying in mid-March, here's where I was at. I took Mm -hmm. a few days to myself to understand what that meant for me. And here's what I did about it. Not in this conversation to seek her approval, but just in my position to say, I'm really fucking confident in myself because I did pivot. I did make changes. I made the right choice of not entering into any dating Mm. situation so that I could do that. One of the men's groups I'm a part of now brought up toxic shame last week. And it was like, great, that identifies what I would have carried into any dating relationship type model in mid-March. But I'm not carrying that with me now, end of May. Yeah, absolutely. I think that sometimes the reason why we feel ashamed about things is because we're also seeking approval from other people. And for some people, more so men, I will say, than women, they have this approval addiction, um, which they usually then think, well, if I achieve this, this, and this, which is usually to do with status, then I will be approved because I'm still yet to approve myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's probably because I didn't have a father speak the approval over them and, and love. Mm-hmm. I once had one client, um, a guy that he had so many freaking skills because he did a course in this, he did rock climbing, blah, 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 blah. He, was, he was very successful in his job. And I was just like, it was like, he, and whenever he'd go on a date, he'd list all his skills to his girls, almost like he was giving them a resume of, here's why you should like me because I have all these things. And, and, you know, we, we dissected it and whatever. And I was just like, you know, it's, but who are you? Like, what do you bring? And get to know her for her and allow her to get to know you for who she sees you as and who you really are, rather than feeling that you have to win her over through having all these achievements, you know? And I think that, 
you know, shame is obviously something that a lot of us can carry around because we thought that other people had an expectation of us or we had an expectation of us and it didn't go that way. Um, and I think that there are certain times and stages in a relationship where we start to reveal personal things. Like we don't necessarily do it on a first date or this and that because you don't know that person. You don't know how they're going to respond. And it's something that they need to earn, right? True. Um, it's something that they need to build that trust with and show that they're, they're ready to honor you and value before you reveal certain parts of you. Um, and I think that a part of compatibility is when you also meet someone that doesn't hold shame against you, you know, shame of what your past was, or it doesn't allow you to hold shame against yourself as well. They're like, no, no, you don't need to talk about that. That's okay. You know, um, you were, who you were, for example, the other day I said to my fiance, like, I know that, you know, when I first met you, he, he literally just come back from Afghanistan. He spent 13 years in the army, did eight trips over in war. He's been to war, that man. And like my brother, when they come back from a, um, a mission, they're very angry. And we were talking about the other day and just some of the stories and things that he's experienced in his own life. And I said, that's why I don't hold it against you at moments when you have anger or rage. Not that it's like, a, it's not aggression. It's just like reacting because of things that have happened. Um, and he's like, thank you. Thank you for, for making me feel loved and supported despite when times I, those bad parts come out of me because you understand where it's coming from. Now I'm not talking about justifying toxic behavior, but I'm also saying that we shouldn't be using it against them. If we understand that it's just something that is, you know, obviously developing and moving forward and growing and, you know, we, we're healing past that. Um, but yeah, we shouldn't be using it to manipulate them. Mm -hmm. mm, wholeheartedly agree. And I appreciate that the way that you said it as well from, from your own personal experience uh, that resonates with me a lot and earning somebody's story is very important. And I, I reflect back on my own life and why do I have these two or three month long um, dating experiences? They're not relationships because of the choice of commitment or not mm. at the time. Uh, really trying to discover who this person is to ensure that they're a, a good partner to fit into the relationship I, I envision for myself. Because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not in any hurry whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So what I've come to understand is that the decision to enter into a committed relationship is for different reasons between a man and a woman because they think differently. Yeah. And you were talking about it, and this is what brings it up for me, is earning that, earning the story, earning um, the things that I'm ashamed about in my life. Mm -hmm. you know? And that may not happen in the first two or three months. No. And this, this is where expectations come into play as well. Is that where this is coming from? Um, help me work through this just a little bit. The differences between why men and women commit. So, you know, women um, want security. You know, they want to know, um, and I'm not talking about financial security. I mean security that like, they're not going to die alone. It's pretty much they're, and that they're not going to die alone or be lonely, that they are lovable and that they can love. Um, and they want to know that, you know, they want to see that investment from a man to know that I'm not going to get my heart broken here and that the investment is, is worth me surrendering, surrendering my femininity, you know, um, you know, for a man, they want to know that this woman is going to be a team player. This is a woman that is actually going to make him feel awesome about himself when he's with her. 
therefore he can conquer the world. He can do all these things. He's just in his ultimate masculine. And, you know, what happens is, is that women have this expectation on what a man should do for them to know that that security is there when reality, you know, someone that soon on. And I always say to my girls, get to know the man behind the commitment first. Mm-hmm. Anyone commitment and security, but yeah, is it character, quality? character before commitment, I think is what you told me last time. Yeah, exactly. Is it quality commitment? Is it something that is going to fulfill you and make you happy, make the relationship sustainable and happy. And for men, they need to understand that if a woman expects certain things or certain affirmations from you, whether it is, yes, we are together. Yes, you are my girlfriend. Um, you know, it's not necessarily because she's pressuring you. It's because that a part of her feminine desire is she needs that. And one of the things that I've been um, maybe exploring and battling over the last two or three years of being single and in this modern era of swipe right culture is that having options, too many options, actually comes between that dynamic that you were just talking about when it comes to committing to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you um, put your foot in all these different places, how can you know the full potential of something? And because we've got obviously dating apps and online dating, we're always trying to have again an answer about this person and this person and we've got like oh but i'll just not put all my eggs in one basket because i don't have to and therefore we're never really able to know where it could go with that one person because we're, we're too div- divided in our attention and our emotions into everything else uh, mm-hmm. it happens with men happens with women and honestly mm-hmm. it's one of the biggest struggles that i have at the moment with my clients is right they want an answer from the guy that they're dating, but they're so scared that not, they're not going to get the answer. So they start dating other guys, but mm-hmm. then they're annoyed at the other guy for doing the same thing that they're yeah. doing. Yeah. So, yeah. I've been working on this and I really, really appreciate um, how, how you're framing things for me in like um, simply just the facilitator of a really fun podcast where I get to explore my masculine, my, my relationship challenges. And before I let you go today, let me work through this phrase or this question that I think really could help men and women in the first little bit kind of handle this question in their minds. Okay, so let's paint this scenario. A guy and a girl are dating for a, a few weeks and there's a good chemistry, there's a lot of attraction, there's a lot of similar interests, but not so much that we're going to um, become enveloped with each other, Right. And they want to know, is this person for real? Is this person willing to give me a a secure feeling for the woman and for Uh. the man to be a team player? Uh. And when that question comes up in your mind and in your heart and in your instincts, that's the time to have the conversation Uh. of like, do I want to go to the next level? Uh. And the way that I'm going to ask for this in the future basically stating my needs of like, hey, you know what? I I didn't expect to have feelings for you this quickly. I just Mm. want to be open and transparent about that. Mm. Um, I would like to continue to date you. Here's how I like to date and fill in the blank. How is it that you like to date? Do you like to date just one person at a time or do you like to date more than one person at a time? And that opens up this door of communication and also understanding of where our partner is coming from, potential partner is coming from. Yeah. And then we can have the conversation. Absolutely. And look, it's always like a bit of a nerve wracking conversation to have because you don't know what they're going to say. You don't know if they feel the same, but at least then you've been honest with yourself and you've been honest with them. 
And I think you then got more of an indication whether or not you're on the same page. And for a lot of people, it's this guessing game. Oh, are they on the same page as me? Do they feel the same way? Where's it all going? Because they're just assuming rather than asking, you know, an assumption is the enemy of communication and having that talk, it doesn't necessarily have to be super serious or super long. The way that you said it was really concise, it was direct, but it was still friendly. It wasn't demanding. It was asking. I think it's the most mature way to be able to handle it. Um, and you might not get the answer you want, but you still get the answer. Mm -hmm. And it either save you heartache or time or both. Um, yeah. And rejection is not a bad thing. It's just redirection as to sum up a great one liner from you today. Yeah. yeah. Either that, or you find out they do feel the same and then it's amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then you both get your answers. And exactly. <laughs> The community members in of, of the podcast like to ask, is it the guy's responsibility or the girl's responsibility? And we'll end on this today. Mm. And in my personal opinion, I think the man should take the lead in that, in that conversation starter. Mm. But if he's not, and the woman wants to have that answer, then she needs to take the lead in her own life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if... The question is being there and you can't stop thinking about it. That's an indication enough that you need to talk about it. Whether that's him, whether that's, you know, her is really relevant to whoever's got the question in the first place, to be honest. Again, it's not a battle of the sexes. Obviously, mm -hmm. women want the man to be able to do that because it gives her part of her security again. Mm -hmm. But men might think, well, I want a woman to do that to see if she's confident enough to be a team player to put me in my place. So there you go. We've got the, the whole different way to think again. And as long as somebody does it, it doesn't stay stalemate. Got it. I love it. Renee, thank you so very much for joining me today. Uh, if your message resonates with somebody, how's the best way to, for them to get a hold of you? Um, just follow me. Uh, my social media channels and handle is all the same. It's just my name, at Renee Slansky. Um, my YouTube channel, you can subscribe there. Follow me on Instagram. If you're a woman, you can join my private Facebook group. It's really up to whatever suits you. Awesome. And I recommend YouTube because uh, your cover photos for the YouTube videos are exceptional. They're very <laughs> clear. They only take about 10 to 15 minutes tops. So um, I, I gain a lot of information and insight from you every single time that we talk. And I want to say thank you again for spending the time with me today. Thank you, David. It's been my pleasure as always. <laughs>